Hello and welcome back to the Reformed Affections podcast. Today I want to take a look at the doctrine of scripture and the Reformed view of it. Uh, this is probably be a several part thing, um, but I'm not sure exactly how that's going to look just yet. But today I just want to talk about five points. Um, I want to talk about general revelation, special revelation, the Bible and its role within that sphere, what the Holy Scriptures teach principally and the way that the church should use them and what it should gain from them and so we're going to begin by said it talking about general revelation and that it provides man with no excuse for the outright denial of god's existence and also the sort of the usurpation of god's authority or at least the attempt to do so uh, so we're going to start off by looking at Romans 1, verses 9, uh, 19 through 21, which says, uh, sorry, just to chapter, uh, verse 20. Because what, be, what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And of course, when we're looking here at general revelation or natural revelation, and what Paul points out is essentially God's uh, eternal power and his Godhead. And what Paul is saying in that small passage is that those things we can learn of existing by looking at nature and by what surrounds us in creation. Okay, so how do we see God's eternal power through natural revelation? Well, of course, we look outside, we see a creation, we see a creator. We look up to the, to the night sky, we see a series, a vast array of stars, we see a, create, a creator. And so, what Paul is pointing out, that each man, every single person that has ever existed, has had this same evidence in front of their eyes, to which they can say, okay, I see a creation, therefore there must be a creator. That creator must be eternal. Why? Because creation exists within time. And so if the creator were to exist within time, he would just be a part of that creation and no creator at all. Okay, so why is it an eternal power and why does it point to his Godhead? Okay, well, all things had to come into existence, either from something or from nothing. Nothing comes into existence from nothing. So God, by his eternal power, exists eternally and brings creation into existence. So creation comes from him. So that's how we look at the creation and see an eternal creator. That's as far as general revelation can take us in terms of who God is or what God is. So we look at creation, we come to the conclusion that there is a God out there and he exists as creator. But it goes no further as to who God is beyond that, beyond that initial point. Um, in Psalms 19 verse 1, we have basically the same sentiment where the psalmist says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handy work. So the heavens simply declaring that there is a God that exists, um, and this, this vast array of, or, of space, or the heavens, as, as, as the psalmist calls it here, point to the glory and existence of this great God. And so that's obviously just echoing essentially what we looked at from what Paul says in the letter to the Romans earlier. But what is important about that 
is that that leaves us without excuse. Without excuse of what? Well, the first commandment tells us that there is a God and that God is one and that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and all our strength. Okay, so the general revelation or nature around us tells us that there's a God that exists. And we are, by God's own command, uh, commanded to love and respect him as who he is, as to who he has revealed himself to be. And with general revelation or nature telling us that there is a God out there that exists, and we outright denying that, especially more and more so um, nowadays, is is without excuse. So when anyone, whenever anyone says, there's not enough evidence, there's not enough evidence to, for me to tell me that there is a God. Well, the God who created all things says that there is enough evidence, that, that nothing comes into existence from nothing. Everything comes from something. Um, so there must be a creator out there. And to say that there's not enough evidence is to disagree with him who put all of those things into existence originally. But we're also left with a um, a great degree of wanting in terms of knowledge in that regard there. And we're wanting because natural revelation does not giving does not give us a satisfactory knowledge of God and who God is. And what is required for sort of that deeper revelation of God is what we call special revelation. Um, special revelation by nature gives mankind access to a far deeper and richer knowledge of God's existence and what he requires of mankind. Um, and so in Hebrews 1 verses 1 and 2, it is said that God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Okay, so we have that God has reached into that period of time, he's reached into time space and manner, he's intervened and, and had influence within his creation, and he has spoken unto his creation by the fathers and the prophets. So, so sort of the, that Old Testament canon. You go to the Old Testament, you have God's revealed will over that Old Testament dispensation wherein he spoke to us via the prophets, via the fathers, the patriarchs. Um, and then in these last days, which is that period of time between Christ's coming and, and today and continuing into the future, he has spoken to us by his son. Sort of that ultimate fulfillment of all revelation has come to us through Christ. Sort of the, un the ultimate sort of unfolding of, of God's will for mankind. Um, uh, the Apostle Paul says in a letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy 3 verse 15, that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So we'll just, we'll just take a brief moment to look at why special revelation and general revelation are different. So general revelation, it takes us to a point where we stop at, okay, there's a God, this God is creator. This God upholds all things by his power. Okay, so we stop at sort of that ruler, that divine ruler, the uh, creator. And what special revelation reveals unto us, such as Paul states there in that letter to Timothy, is that the holy scriptures make us wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Okay, so what is, what is required of salvation is laid out for us in special revelation, and that knowledge to salvation does not come through nature. Okay, so the Holy Scriptures and their principal point of teaching is that salvation for mankind comes only at the hands of God, namely in the person and the work of 
Jesus Christ and our faith in him. Um, and so that's the key point that we're getting at. So that special revelation is is what Christians look to in the in the Bible specifically, uh, for which for where it has been preserved, and we take from that sort of all of the uh, rules, the the commands, the the entire sort of life of faith is established upon the Word of God for those Bible believing Christians, especially for us in that Reformed world. Um, but the Bible being sort of like the, uh, the that special revelation that we hold in our hands is how God has saw fit as the best means of propagating and preserving that divine truth for mankind. Okay, so we, as we spoke from that verse in Hebrews, God spoke to people in times past through prophets. Okay, now that the prophetic messages are all recorded through the Old and New Testament um, scriptures. So they've been preserved in the Holy Scriptures. And why has that, that truth been preserved? For the betterment of mankind and for the sustaining of mankind. Uh, Romans 15 verse 4 says that for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So whatever's written in the scriptures, both the Old and the New Testament, are valuable for our learning. It's foundational for the learning of the Christian life. So learning all the things about God and our faith that, that are necessary for that life of faith are found in the scriptures and they're written there for our learning. But Paul goes further than just learning. He actually says that through these scriptures that we might have hope. And what is that hope? Well, if an unbeliever was to pick up the Bible, the hope that they would initially find, especially in sort of the New Testament and, and, and the epistles where, they, where we talk about Christ and what he has done for us, they will find that even though in and of themselves they are powerless to fulfill the will of God, and they have broken his law, and they stand outside of his covenant and outside of salvation, if they simply come to Christ in faith, confessing their sins and believing and resting upon him, they will have eternal life. And so the hope of eternal life is central to the biblical message. Um, but then there's also a, a great hope for Christians. So even as Christians, we don't look at as our faith as a one-and-done type deal. It's not once saved, done. No, so we're justified and will inherit eternal life. And we've entered into sort of the first tastings of that eternal life in this world. When we pass on and go into that next world, when, we, when that day of the Lord comes, when all things are wiped away and refreshed, that's the hope that we look forward to as Christians. We're going to enter into an eternal blessedness with God who has saved us an eternal communion with God and enjoy that blessed eternity without pain, without sorrow, full of grace, just resting in that blessed communion with God. And so there's a hope there for the, for the Christians always and there's also that hope for unbelievers when they pick up those scriptures. Um, in Second Peter 1 verses 19 through 21, he says, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so what, let's just break down real, really, really briefly there. What, what is Peter said? Well, he says that the scriptures are as a light that shines in a dark place. Our hearts are those dark places condemned by sin 
outside of the will of God, outside of the covenant and salvation of God, our hearts are a dark place. And the word of God illumines us, giving us that instruction into, into eternal life. Um, until the day dawns and a morning star rises in your hearts, when that faith buds and grows and blossoms in our hearts, built on that sure word of God resting in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, we see this great light that is wrapped up in the Holy Scriptures. And then he, he just solidifies something that's very, very important as we talk about the doctrine of Scripture in the Reformed faith, which is no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man. All prophecy came through man, uh, but not by the will of man. It came through the mouthpiece of man, but by the Holy Spirit in those men. It says, holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And so we look at the Holy Scripture as given by God. It may have been penned and written down by mankind, but it was by the movement of the Holy Spirit in those men that inspired them to write all of those books that we enjoy so much now as Christians. And so that's sort of how we wrap up the sort of what are the scriptures doing? They are propagating and preserving divine truth for mankind. That divine truth that came by the Holy Spirit was penned by mankind and um, is now there for the profit of all of mankind to any who will heed its wisdom. Um, we sort of briefly touched on this a second ago. The Holy Scriptures establish the life of faith, commands, precepts, wisdom, and guidance. So there's like the law and we have the gospel. So we look at the law. What is the law? The commandments of God as to how each person universally should conduct their lives as to glorify God and essentially enter eternal rest with him. We find throughout the biblical canon, obviously this has been broken and made impossible because of that sin nature that abides within each and every one of us. And then we come and we find the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is that Jesus Christ came, God who took on flesh, who born under the law, born of woman, bore our guilt and sin on the cross, died for us, rose again on the third day, defeating evil and ascending to the right hand of the Father. Okay, so the law is God's commands for our life, and if we were to be justified by them, we must fulfill them perfectly, not breaking a single law even once. And the gospel is, that even though we cannot do this anymore because of the sin which abides within us, Jesus Christ came and he was crucified on our behalf, that if we believe and have faith in him, trust and rest in him alone, we will be justified and enter eternal life. And so the law in the life of a believer is now there simply to structure their life and to show them the way that they should continue. So the gospel has set us free and has given us eternal life, and the law still is still holy it's still the holy law of god um and for example the psalmist says in 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 psalm one that he delights to meditate on the law of god day and night so the law of god the instruction of god becomes a delight for those of faith who have entered into the covenant of god via the grace that is found in jesus christ so those so the first few points that we've looked at is through uh, the doctrine of the scripture that we have general revelation which is superseded by special revelation the bible itself is the is the divine means of propagating and preserving that special revelation um, the holy scriptures principally establish the life of faith we have the gospel contained in them we have the law contained in them we have all this wisdom 
that is contained in the Holy Scriptures, which are beneficial for the life of faith, for the life of a believer. Um, and sort of the final point I want to touch on in this um, episode is that the church receives the utmost comfort from the words of Scripture. True joy and hope, grace and peace. So obviously there's so much more to be said within the realm of Holy Scripture, what it is, how we use it, how we how we approach it. Um but the just what I want to touch on is that the church receives the utmost comfort from the words of Scripture, true joy and hope, grace and peace. Proverbs chapter 22, verses 19 and 21 say, So that you, your trust may be in the Lord. I have instructed you today, even you. Have I not written to you excellent things of counsels and knowledge that I may make you know the certainty of the words of truth? that you may answer words of truth to those who send to you. So he says there, what is the divine word? It is excellent things of counsels and knowledge, the certainty of the words of truth. And Paul says something to the same effect in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, where he says, um, For I came to you, deciding to know nothing except Christ Jesus and him crucified, and then he says a few verses later that your faith might be in the power of God and not the wisdom of mankind. So the power of God and the power of that hope and joy and grace and peace in the scriptures is the truth of Jesus Christ and him crucified. That 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 faith that justified by faith alone in Christ alone is the way to an eternal life. And so what do we have then with the scriptures? Well, the scriptures show us that, firstly, general revelation, though it exists and though it is good, is not enough. Special revelation is needed for the church. So special revelation is needed. The scripture is needed to give unto us deeper, rich knowledge of God, who he is, essentially, uh, what he has done for us. Um, and we also recognize that the Holy Scriptures are the divinely established way to preserve that divine truth for the entire church forever. We also notice that the Holy Scriptures establish the life of faith. The, the, the believer's life is established solely upon that foundation of Scripture. How we conduct ourselves is based on Scripture. And that, that goes from our day-to-day -day individual life right into our church life. So the way that we conduct church is established upon the witness of the Bible. The way that we conduct personal relationships has to be structured on the words of the Bible. And this goes right through to to parenthood for, for, for children, their relationship with their parents, our relationship with our elders at church, with our deacons, with our ministers and pastors, and with each layman, all of our fellow believers. You know, we're all united in that common faith and our relationships must be established on Scripture. And finally, that the church receives comfort from the words of Scripture, that we receive joy and hope from Scripture and grace and peace. And so that's just a, really just a foundational episode on, on Scripture. So I want to do some more episodes, and we're going to sort of get into sort of the authorship of it. Um, and we're also going to sort of stress... Um, sort of the how the church should use God's word and, and, and what it should stress with it. We'll have a look at what's actually contained within it. Um, have a look at some 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 different things really, uh, 
how the conviction of the scriptures comes about, sort of what illumination is, what errant and inspired mean, and uh, basically talking about all of the big points that, that, that stick out when it comes to talking about Holy Scripture. Uh, but I do hope that just as a foundational episode, I do hope that that helps to just get a little foothold in for the for the few episodes to come. So we've got general revelation and special revelation. The Bible is the means of preserving and propagating that special revelation. Um, what those holy scriptures do principally, which is establish that life of faith, show us the way of salvation um, and the way that we should glorify God in our lives. And then ultimately that we all as the church of Christ receive the utmost comfort from the scriptures. I do hope that you enjoyed this episode. Amen.